Hi everyone, this is Leslyn Keith. I'm President of the Board of Directors at the Lipedema Project and Director of Research. Welcome to Living Well with Lipedema. Today I have an excerpt from an interview with Dr. Paul Mason from our Lipedema and Keto Worldwide Summit that was held in 2019. Dr. Mason is a medical doctor who also has a degree in physiotherapy. He has an in-depth understanding of the latest science surrounding weight loss and nutrition and specializes in using a low-carbohydrate approach with his patients to achieve excellent results. In this excerpt, he talks about insulin, glucagon, and protein. He states that a high-protein diet can reverse osteoporosis and may also benefit osteoarthritis. Basically, if you ingest a carbohydrate or a sugar, the body, the effective way of removing that from the bloodstream is to release insulin. And the job of insulin, it removes the sugar from the bloodstream, problem gone, except then here's the million-dollar question, where does the sugar go? Well, it gets pushed into fat stores. We all know that. But what happens if you don't ingest carbohydrate? We know that the body still like uh, red blood cells, will still need sugar, for instance, because that's what they run on as an energy supply. So the body needs to make sugar. And the hormone that tells the body to make sugar is glucagon. So it's, in effect, it's the opposite, or it's what we call a counter-regulatory hormone. So the job of insulin is to reduce the amount of sugar in our bloodstream, and the job of glucagon is to increase the amount of sugar in our bloodstream. So when we have a look at the ratio between the two, that just gives us a bit of a snapshot of your picture of metabolic health. But if we want to just break it down even simpler, if you were to just not eat carbs and have low blood sugar, that would mean that your hormones would be in a good ratio. Now, if you have insulin resistance, then this is a complex term because a lot of people don't know how to interpret it. So insulin resistance just means insulin doesn't work as well as it ought. And the body compensates for that by creating more insulin. But here's the thing. Insulin acts on a number of different tissues. So while the insulin might not be working very well at the muscle tissue or at the liver tissue to take the sugar out of circulation, it's relatively less resistant at fats. So what that means is that the body says, oh, I can't push as much sugar into uh, fat tissue or muscle tissue, I'll make a bit more insulin. And that then you then have excess insulin and that insulin is less resistant at fat tissue. So it sort of pushes all your glucose into fat storage. Now that's overly simplified because there is a degree of insulin resistance in the process, what we call gluconeogenesis, which is what glucagon actually will stimulate and there's a few more nuances there but that's for a nuts and bolts overview that's probably an easier way to think about it so we normally worry about gluconeogenesis because we say well if you make sugar maybe that means your body needs more insulin etc etc and one of the building blocks for making sugar can be some proteins So by definition, we say, well, we don't want to put too much protein in because you will make more sugar. But that's the incorrect way of thinking about it because this process is what we call demand-driven, not supply-driven. So demand-driven means 
your body will only make sugar if and when it needs to. It won't make sugar just because it can. So in effect, we're worried about the body making sugar because it can make sugar because we're given the ingredients to. But the body's smarter than we are. It will only make sugar if we need to. So in that respect for gluconeogenesis, there is no issue at all with having high protein. There's a very good reason why we actually want to support insulin release in this population. And that's because it's anabolic to different tissues. So if you eat protein and you want to build muscle or bone, then you need insulin to do that. So if you have a high protein diet with plenty of fat, but without any carbohydrates, you're not having any extra sugar in your circulation for that insulin to store as fat. So that means that you'll actually be building your healthy tissues. And just as a way, as a bit of an Easter egg here, there's been some very good research done, which will be relevant to your population, that proves that you can reverse osteoporosis. And I'll say that again, you can reverse osteoporosis if you have a high protein diet with adequate amounts of calcium and vitamin D. So I really think this whole uh, notion of restricting protein down to a moderate level, which I've been guilty of recommending people in the past, we've sort of moved beyond that now. We understand that gluconeogenesis is a demand-driven process, not a supply-driven process. And certainly as we age, we're, we're understanding more and more the benefits of higher protein diets, including potentially reversing osteoporosis. Fatty liver disease leads to an increase in an enzyme called matrix metalloproteinases, and they actually will weaken the connective tissue or the, what we call the extracellular matrix, which is produced by the cells in our cartilage that lines the end of our bones. Basically, if you have higher levels of matrix metalloproteinases, you have weaker joint cartilage and you're more likely to feel pain. And the way that we can reduce our circulating levels of these damaging matrix metalloproteinases is by losing our fatty liver. And as you know, when you lose weight, and as people with lipedema know, you lose it first around the stomach before you lose it around the hips and the thighs. But for osteoarthritis, that's incredibly beneficial because it means that the hepatic fat, the fat around the liver, is the fat that gets lost first. So for a very modest degree of weight loss, you'll often get a significant improvement in your osteoarthritis symptoms simply because you're reducing your level of circulating matrix metalloproteinases. Now, as a rough aside, in terms of supplements that can also help osteoarthritis, one that nobody has ever heard of, but there's very good evidence in controlled studies, is boron, B-O-R-O-N, you know, from the periodic table. And a dose of six milligrams of boron a day has been shown to significantly reduce the pain of osteoarthritis. Thank you, Dr. Mason. That was excellent information that I think is really of value to a lot of women with lipedema because many women with lipedema have the starting of osteoporosis, sometimes called osteopenia, and also have, there's a higher incidence of osteoarthritis with lipedema mostly because of the excess of weight. And so it's incredible to learn that what we can do with actually a high protein ketogenic diet and how this is not going to 
necessarily give us an excessive insulin response and a weight loss stall. Excellent information. And thank you also to you, our listeners. If you haven't already subscribed to our daily flash briefings of tips, tools, and research about lipedema, you can subscribe at Apple, Spotify, Amazon Alexa, or here at this website, lipedema-simplified.org slash flash, where you'll find an archive of all of our flash briefings. Thanks for listening, and I hope you'll join us again next time for another Living Well with Lipedema Flash Briefing.